Welcome to the Language for Leading podcast with the founder and CEO of the Business of Leading Incorporated, Julian Sturton. Since the early 1990s, Julian has equipped leaders from across the globe with an operating system and real-world set of tools that have improved relationships on all levels, and the work has meant real success in business and life for so many. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and as Julian Sturton often says, conversations are our means to get things done. Conversations inspire actions and form agreements. Until there's conversation, nothing happens. You've got the Language for Leading podcast, and we're about to make things happen. Julian, let's talk about the operating system. Yes. Distinctions and tools. Now, these are all concepts that you can break down for us on this podcast and certainly in detail when you work with people. But what do you mean by operating system? We, we've talked about the computer yes. human analogy, but right, please right, fill right. me in. If you recall that we uh, put together a, uh, a series of what I call interactive words, right? Mm-hmm. And so while this was going on and while the progress was being made with the language of leading, and I was learning, the language of leading isn't some sort of, of already written textbook that I've had to plagiarize or copy. I had to kind of discover various nuances. And I realized that uh, um, language seems to be the, sort of the blood of our neurology to be able to allow us to communicate and make connections between what's going on inside of us physiologically and neurologically and the outside world. It seems that language is, is a pretty useful uh, uh, approach. Absolutely. And it seems to be common to all particular people on the planet. Every culture. Now, of course, having spent a lot of time traveling around the world, I did notice that in different parts of the world, all over the world, we do have different um, forms of language. But I think the language that we discover when we go to different uh, countries is really an origin of different territories, right? If you go to China, you'll learn that Chinese learn Chinese. Yeah. They didn't learn English. That's right. <laughs> if you go to Germany, the Germans learn German. The Russians learn. That's how we've sort of segregated. But we haven't sort of progressed very far because we don't know how to reach beyond our own territory. So I thought to myself, it would probably make sense to discover what may be the fundamentalities that could be based and shown as a way that each particular person on the planet could actually redeem for themselves. So our operating system, we all share the basic uh, infrastructure in terms of an operating system. It's that, it's, is, yes. It's the distinctions that we have to... Yeah. Let me tell you how I got to the term operating system. Sure. Um, while moving to the United States of America, right? Oh, you mean you're not born here? No, I could have sworn with you had a New York accent. <laughs> Just kidding. East New York. And so uh, while having this, uh, I don't trust anybody, and I don't think of the word impossible as being a way of restricting myself, you've, you've got these two examples of, of my experience being put to work. So, of course, here I am moving to the United States of America, and I remember my father's voice, don't trust the Americans. Now, my, my father was, was a very likable, lovable guy. Everybody loved my dad. You know, his had a lot of cause of his own convictions that caught up with the trials and tribulations of my mother. 
It's only because when we as siblings all left home that they actually went back together again. My parents did actually go back together again. My, my, mm. my mother and father refused to get divorced. The point I'm making is I remember my dad in his own words saying, don't trust the Americans. I remember that, that, that uh, memory showing up on my radar screen and hitting the bullseye, which has got to do with Julian doesn't trust anything. It's not that I don't trust any particular person. I just don't have the context of the word trust. So here I am moving to the United States, having run a very successful motivational events company in Europe and being asked to go to the United States to, to consult people, right? I just happened to be watching a TV program, right, on PBS, and it just so happened to be a woman talking about the U.S. Constitution. But she wasn't just talking about the U.S. Constitution. She was talking about basically the founding fathers, because I like, again, part of me wants to get to the root cause, because I think in this country we take things for granted. We take almost anything that politicians would tell us, and I think that's been the mistake with the term constitution. By the way, this has got a lot to do with the, the operating system. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm, I'm watching what's being spoken of, and I decided to call up the lady who was being interviewed on PBS, a lady called Pauline Mayer who in those days was a head of history at MIT. Remember I said I like to get to the, the hierarchy. Right. And I like to talk right to, to people, the source. <laughs> I like to talk to people at the top of the class. Yeah. So she and I got on very well. She said, Julian, I'll teach you everything I know about what was going on inside the heads of the founding fathers. And I remember saying to myself, yummy, that's what I want. I don't want to look at the superficial stuff. So I came up with uh, uh, this particular uh, simplification of what, in fact, what I think that I've made out was the intention of the Founding Fathers to discover something that I refer to in my simplistic interpretation through the language of leading, which is to give the United States of America a very distinct identity. I think when we were having a, a revolutionary war, we weren't very certain as to about uh, our own identity. We couldn't copy the Brits, even though there were a, num a number of the 29 founding fathers who did actually want to go back to the royalists. Which, by the way, is why it was 12 years later before we had a constitution after the right. independence. But go ahead. So I'm questioning. And while I'm questioning, I'm putting together my own particular discussion that was really a reflection of me. What was on the table was who does Julian Sturton think he is? He doesn't have qualifications. He doesn't have academic credentials. He has the ability to profoundly interact with some very, very successful people. So I'm not put off by other people's credentials or people saying to me, I'm better than you, because I don't have that kind of uh, built-in uh, remuneration, if you like to call mm. it. So, of course, I've challenged people to look at beyond their own particular academic credentials. Why? Because I don't have any. So the work that I'm conducting is really a reflection of my ability to go beyond just my own duty or call of duty, you see, which is how come the language of leading made progress. So while, I, while I'm putting together uh, a simple way of saying, well, well what's that? who are we? <laughs> Who's Julian? So that, that, that question seemed to continually rise to the top of the dialogue I had with people. So we designed this very simple, call it a triangle. 
don't ask me why I decided to create a triangle. It, it may have had something to do with my uh, uh, investigation while I was putting together events and uh, taking several of my groups to Egypt. So I kind of looked at how people use the triangle and um, what was the word that rose to the top of the occasion was the word who, and I was questioning who I am. And while I was asking myself those series of ongoing questions, it was, it was uh, reminding me of, uh, Julian, you've never known who you really are based upon what other people thought of you. Because I had to go overcome what other people thought of me. Exactly. And I think that's also useful for other people. As so many, as so many people have yeah. the, that challenge. So the Constitution concept, let's get back to that for a second because yes. everyone should know the term Constitution as it relates to the United States document that governs our country. But yeah. you're looking at this as a personal Constitution. In well, a I'm looking even more than that. Okay. See – I've heard now on I don't know how many hundreds of occasions the word constitution. See, what I spend a lot of my time is delving into the sort of the depths of how words came about to begin with, which is why I started to. Uh, I'm just I'm just pulling yeah. out the triangle now so that I can look at it as you yeah. describe it. But go ahead. So. While this is going on, I'm doing my research, I'm doing reading, I'm doing writing, I'm engaging in conversations. There's a a lot of what I call effective inquiry that's going on uh, between myself and other people who've got far greater academic credentials than I have. Right. So I then got to know, of course, Philip Durkin uh, from the Oxford English Dictionary. So I wanted to, to... engaged. And he and I must have had probably several hundred dialogues. And of course, I put together a whole compendium of words of which I've looked at the entomology of these words, mm-hmm. you see, to get mm-hmm. to the root cause. Because yeah. remember, I don't have trust. So because my my inability to actually rely on the word trust, which I think is very, very subjective. And it's being challenged to this very day, you see. And so... Uh, uh, I was putting together this this uh, word, who am I, and questioning, as I look back in terms of what was going on after all these years, questioning who I am, realizing that I don't have any conventional background. Right? I was questioning my background. And so, of course, who I am became an important factor because here's Julian, and there's everything else going on around him. Don't ask me how I came to realize that, but it seemed to make a lot of sense that here's Julian, and Julian has existed with a multitude of different experiences going on around him, right? So, of course, I, I then heard through some particular uh, situation the word why, but I tell you how the word why came about. Um, I was... At a presentation, a talk, um, I can't even recall the actual occasion, but there's a gentleman called Guy Kawasaki. Guy was actually one of the original partners of Steve Jobs. He and I talked at one of the intervals, and we were discussing how the language of leading came about, what I was doing and who I was, and 
the risk I was taking. And he was very interested in, in what I was doing. And I said, well, I'm, I'm sort of uh, uh, looking at uh, a particular business model and how to actually prepare for taking the language of leading and making it a global organization. I can't mm -hmm. think of other words. I can't remember the actual words I used with Guy Kawasaki. And so we're discussing people and, of course, the, the question about identity and who we are and where we're going and many other different uh, um, approaches to this whole inquiry. Remember, this is all accumulating while I was still conducting coaching and putting together the language of leading. Mm -hmm. So this whole arrangement seemed to uh, make a lot of sense. And, um, and it made sense because I was always questioning uh, the Julian Sturton in the midst of everything that's going on around him because I, I became my modus operandi as a youngster. If I look back, who's Julian? even though I may not have outwardly expressed who Julian is to other people. But it was always something that seemed to be going on around my particular situation. The more I was pursuing uh, somewhat venturous, which has probably got to, a lot to do with Julian's coping mechanism as a youngster, which was traveling away yes. as fast as I could yes. right. to get away right. from the lack of identity, because I think I was losing my identity at the very earliest age, so if that makes sense. It does. So you'll examine the who and then the why. Well, how does the why factor into the who? Well, uh, the conversation with Guy Kawasaki was suggesting that um, we are by nature avail making ourselves available basically by natural instincts. I don't know whether he mentioned it or I mentioned it. It seemed to me in all of the conversations of having while while I was conversing with people like John Sarno and reading a lot of books at the same particular time, yes, and also being involved with therapy as well, I realized that there's a, there's a, there's a connection between all of these different experiences, yes? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, when I realized from discussing and reinforcing uh, the, the connection between Julian and his circumstances, it seemed that I was actually challenging the notion that we aren't just doing things by natural instinct. Interesting. Let's, yes. Let's pursue that yes. a little bit. So <laughs> the question was... What is actually taking place between Julian and his ability to question and devote himself to something that's now showed up in his radar screen, which is called children? I was more terrified of children or having children than anything else. Well, you mentioned your brother who never had children. Exactly. Right? And a lot of it, it has to stem from your early childhood and, and the trauma that you Absolutely encountered. Yeah. And so I had not developed the sort of the social, emotional, sexual confidence until I met my wife. We've been married 30 years. 
in the duration of while I'm married for the earliest part of the year, I'm still in pursuit of this who are you conversation that has never allowed Julian to trust himself. So these reoccurrences of this inability to be held hostage by other people's taking for granted that, well, is trust part of our vocabulary as a society? Yes, it is. So we've assumed and taken so much for granted. Yes. Well, building your your whole self-image based on what other people think and say and and expect of you, is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what so many of us do. So let's talk about the Constitution as a structure of existence. Because I want to zero in on this because you and I had a lot of talks about this. Mm. And it seems to me to to be an, a set of ideals, ethics, rules for life. I mean, not written out in anything. No, I know. But, but, but direction. It's ethics a di- is a good word, probably. Yeah, it's a, it's a way to form a yes. direction that is directly related to leadership in any way, shape, and form. Yes. Is it or is it you're saying it I'm, is? I'm, I'm thinking it is. Yes, that it this is, is absolutely. A, this triangle that I'm looking at, it's so simple. It, the who is at the top of the triangle the why is on the left side, the what is on the right side. Yes. So we've talked about the who and the why. What about the what? Is that just the... Well, the why, let me tell you about the why yeah. for a minute. Okay. Because, of course, uh, the the uh, advancement that my own uh, unusual upbringing had to do with challenge uh, our capability to, to go the wayward way of natural instincts. Because I, I didn't believe... Therefore, I didn't trust myself doing things by natural instincts. Mm-hmm. Then I had children. <laughs> and then I suddenly realized, and I've had this underwritten now, that uh, the conversation I had with Guy Kawasaki, which is to do with the fact that we've evolved beyond the ability of natural instincts, yes? Yes. And then I coupled that with the, the upbringing of children. Because I wasn't having children because it was naturally instinctive. And when you remember when your children start to ask one profound question over and over again, when they're actually first starting to talk, that one question is what? Why? That's right. So what's naturally accumulating for our ability to use the frontal cortex, this is where these all things tie together, is that when children are naturally able to to connect themselves to their surroundings, yes, and their ability to connect is through a simple word. Why? Because they're developing a sense of purpose. May I make an observation here? Yes. Um, It seems to me that the Julian that I know who's anxious and excited about asking why to just about anybody on planet Earth it seems to me that, that that is a breakthrough for you in your life. That's a coping mechanism, but it's a it's a breakthrough when you're a kid, you're told, never mind, I'll tell you later. Oftentimes right. kids are told to be quiet and just ex- – you'll learn it about it be later. Be seen and not heard. Exactly. That was my upbringing. That was your upbringing, and that's unfortunately the upbringing of a lot of children, millions of children. Yes. But then when you get that sense of freedom to – Ask the question, why, as an adult. Yeah, you're going outside of the conventional, well, who do you think you are? Exactly. And so 
the why factor became, in fact, underwritten by what I discovered my conversation with Pauline Mayer was this constitutional arrangement. So we've got a who built into the conversation as to how the Founding Fathers put together a very simplified uh, indoctrination, which is we the people in all a form of Mopivy. It wasn't who we are as an extension and plagiarised the British uh, dynasty. No, it was staking out an individual path of... Exactly. ...of independence, if you want right. to call it that, and of strength. Yeah, and we the people became underwritten by pronouncing the amendment principles because those are the response that was accumulation between we the people and the actual people. Oh, yes, yes. It's a, it's a remarkable document that's uh, been in play for several hundred years and it still has right. great promise. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you about. I haven't the, answered your question about the operating system, but it kind of goes to the fact that when I show people how to put the who, why, what factor to work, guess what happens? Their background conversation gets on its high horse and says, who do you think you are? <laughs> and where do you think you're going without my permission? It's happening right now with Afghanistan, with the Tigrians in Ethiopia. It's happening with Black Lives Matter. It's happening with, with gender-based discussions. Mm. The operating system is a very profound coping mechanism because I was having an interview with a client who, by the way, I'm actually probably going to see this coming weekend. She's on my website, a lady called Rita Levitt. She was one of my top customers, and she came back with her husband over and over again. And through the lounge of leading, she got to climb the ladder with one of the biggest financial institutions, uh, Morgan Stanley. Mm. And he talked to her last week. And she and I were sitting in a room about 17 years ago while I was developing what is now called the operating system because I was showing her what is the base of that triangle because I questioned the idea that we just can't take who we are for granted because our background conversation will get us into trouble right. if we make those kind of assumptions. If you go around the neighborhood letting people know who you are and you say it loud enough, the neighbors are going to get really pissed off with you eventually. Yes, right? they will. So you've got to have for your own saving grace a base upon which when your ego is getting too extensive and too loud mouth, it's got to have something upon which it can cope with the refusal to comply with who you think you are. So I realized this and I looked at the studies that could give a third dimension to the triangle, which is why I discovered the thing I sent you about the word being and the transformation of space. Remember that thing mm, I said? I you? do, I do. Right? So everything requires a third dimension. We're not into fourth dimensions. Even scientists don't know what that one's all about. So I looked at the transformation of space in terms of the third dimension because until we had the Renaissance period, all we had was two dimensions, the Byzantines. So when Alberti communicated in the 1400s, he was telling people what space is. And that gave the ability of people in, in the Renaissance period to write and draw and to picture things in three dimensions. Well, I did the same with this. Of course, it required me to look at the third dimension of a triangle. Well, guess what shape that draws up? Pyramids. 
So then I studied the ancient Egyptians to figure out how on earth did they came up with <laughs> building pyramids. They had no tools, no particular pre preoccupation. Right, right, right. So I thought to myself, uh, well, Julie, if you're going to have something when the the who factor is really feeling really pissed off when your neighbours are getting fed up with Jordan Rich telling which is who I am. We had an example with Donald Trump. So you need something as a base that's so profound, so strong. So I went to talk to the ancient Egyptians. I want to know, was this really secure? Do you know how they designed the base of pyramids? They dug a pit and they filled it with water. It was a natural force of gravity. Right, right. Perfect, simple way of building a foundation that was naturally going to uphold any particular weight that they could put on it. I did the same for this. So I designed four cornerstones that are based upon when people are talking to themselves, right? If you rely on just the, the accent of who you are, right? I've, I've called these four cornerstones opposing dynamic factions, right? And this is the operating system because when you're actually uh, in difficulty, you know, it's one thing to say, well, you can say anything you like. You know, you can write your own legacy, right? Sooner than later, that legacy factor, who you are, I call it the stand. Let's hold it there because yeah. I want to talk specifically in the next episode about those four cornerstones. You do. Right, and I also will tease you a little bit. I wanted to bring up another— By the way, the operating system is literally when the binary system really gets— put to use. We know the word constitution. We've talked about it a lot. I want to talk about constituents. Okay. All right. We'll do that next. Thank you, Julian. All right. The conversation continues on the Language for Leading podcast with Julian Sturt, available on all podcast platforms. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review the show, and tell your friends and colleagues about it. The Language for Leading podcast, impactful conversation about fundamental principles that will grow your business and change your life for the better.